Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, August the 21st. We are full swing in the NBA playoffs. We want to get into some first week, way too early playoff takeaways today. A little bit of fantasy here, a little bit of reality, just some things that have stood out to us. I'm joined by Dr. A. Steve Alexander. Steve, first things first, what's happening? Uh, not a lot. I'm I'm here. I'm recording a podcast with you. Yes. It's good. Friday. Yes. We've got some Clippers Mavericks tonight, which really is the only thing in life I care about right now. I like that you are putting your feet on the ground at the start of this. You know, I like that approach from you. I'm here. I, this is what I'm doing. And just like really make sure you have your bearings. I think that's really yeah. important. Well, it's nice to know what day it is. <laughs> um, for starters, absolutely. So. Yeah, Steve. My first takeaway, and is I guess kind of spins immediately into a question. My first takeaway is there are very few teams that I would count out of these NBA playoffs, even this early on, as a team that could, in theory, get hot enough to win the whole thing. And I think normally at the start of the playoffs, we can by default rule out the eight seeds. It's not like baseball where you just get hot as a lower-ranked or lower-seeded team and could just go the whole distance, right? However, this year, because of the fact that there really is no home court, it feels wildly different. So let's just go through, like, Steve, what what are the teams off the top of your head <laughs> that you think to yourself, no, that team's not winning it? It's a very short list for me. I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic. Yes, that feels like one, even though they, they won game one against the Bucks, and we're recording this before game two, I guess our feelings could change drastically if they smoke the Bucks in game two somehow. But at this moment, I agree. I agree with you on that one. I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. Agreed wholeheartedly. That team is toast. I don't feel like the Philadelphia 76ers are going to win it all. I feel like yes. they're ready to go fishing. I agree. I would rule them out too. They're out as, as a team that even has a chance to make a title run. I agree. They're in big trouble without Ben Simmons. And they know they're in big trouble without Ben Simmons, and they don't. I just caught a look at what Russell Westbrook is wearing um, <laughs> on the on the sidelines of the of the Rockets Thunder game, and it is incredible. I I had not seen that before. He's wearing like a muscle cut off sleeve T shirt and a pair of shorts. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, another team that is not going to win at all is the Indiana Pacers. Yes, and I think I'm in agreement on all of those. I'm trying to think if there's any other team that I would categorically rule out from winning the championship. And again, not saying that I think a team like the Thunder has a realistic shot, but I could see a scenario where that team has the pieces to somehow get it done in this crazy environment that we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rule out. The Thunder. Like the three teams we just talked about or mentioned, uh, I don't think they have a chance. Like, I could see the Thunder. I could see the Jazz. I could see the Nuggets. You know, what? if we want to do a hot take, man, yeah. we could just go. We could go all in and say the Lakers are not winning at all this year. <laughs> yeah. We could just go crazy and be like, nope, not happening. They're not going to get by the Blazers. I, I mean, I'm not ready to go there, but... Especially when it, we're in a time trap, Steve. You don't want to You don't want to go with too blazing hot of a take when you're in a time trap. Because we're taping this before the Lakers-Blazers game two. Scary time to go on the record with a scalding hot take. 
You know what I mean? It is scalding hot, but I, I am very concerned about my Lakers pick to win it all. Very, very well, concerned. Well, you know what, Steve? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into my second takeaway from these early days. And I feel like a big takeaway for me is, and we haven't discussed this, I don't know if you agree, looking at the Bucks and the Lakers, those teams look so top-heavy. Just beyond LeBron and Anthony Davis, the Lakers, how much they're relying on Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Danny Green. Not to say <laughs> Danny Green's never made a big shot in his life, but that team just looks thin. I mean, if I'm the Blazers, I'm so happy every time KCP lets one fly, you know? Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I, I agree with you about both of those takes, and I think you can put the Clippers in that same boat because they like to play two different units. And when they bring that second unit in, there's no defense. Uh, Patrick Beverly is hurt, and we don't know when he's going to play. So, I mean, I think once you get by Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and and George didn't shoot it well on Wednesday, like once you get by those two guys, there's not a lot going on there. And I think all three of those teams, and ironically, I think they're probably the the three – top favorites to win the title like i'm not really that frightened by any of them yeah i think if we ever wondered how much having a home crowd behind you mattered it's really being shown by what we've seen so far in the bubble well and that was going to be my thing is like now that it's friday we're into we're into the series shifting back (laughs) to the home court of all these the lower seats. Right. So Dallas is going to be at home. Like all, all these teams are going to, the Blazers are going home, but there's no home court. Like this is really weird. Like the, the, and, and I think this lack of fans is impacting both the home court aspect and the referees aspect, because now the officials can hear every word these guys are saying to each other mm-hmm. in the midst of the game. So they know way more information now than they did when they were refereeing games when there were fans and there was crowd noise and there was music. They they couldn't hear what, you know, Dame Lillard was saying to LeBron James, but now they hear everything. And I think it it's having an impact. Like I have not been happy with the officiating thus far in the playoff bubble. And I really think this lack of fans and crowd noise is gonna be very impactful whether it be good or bad, I, I don't even know. It's just going to be impactful for what happens the rest of these playoffs. Like, this is unprecedented and insane. Yeah, I, I can't remember which game I was watching the other night, but it was a LeBron-Hassan Whiteside play. LeBron stepped in front of Hassan Whiteside. There was It was initially called a block. They challenged it. It was turned into a charge. And during that challenge, it, it was being talked about on the broadcast that in normal circumstances, you would have a crowd reacting to that call and kind of swaying the refs in the heat of the moment. And I think that's true. We don't think about how much refs may be swayed by an immediate crowd reaction right then and there, and that's not happening now either. Well, and I've also noticed that guys are getting fouled and throwing the ball up, you know, trying to get to the free throw line, and these referees are not playing that game. Like they, I mean, it happens occasionally, but generally speaking, in the bubble, it seems like they're way more focused on calling fouls on the floor instead of in the act of shooting unless the guy is actually in the air shooting the ball. Right. Um, and that seems different also. So this whole combination of referees and no fans and no home court and being able to hear everything that's happening is only going to get more and more 
dialed in and important as we go on. So it's really interesting. Everyone, the all-new Roto-World Premium subscription package has the tools and resources to help you dominate your fantasy leagues across all sports from draft to playoffs. Plus, you can get free access to our brand new sports betting tools from now to September 28th. As a listener of the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, get $10 off any annual subscription to Roto-World Premium to find your edge. Visit rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BKPOD10 at checkout. Again, that's rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BKPOD10 at checkout. My next one, Steve, this is a little more player specific, not as big picture. Fred Van Vliet is about to get paid. And maybe that was going to be the case before, but his first two playoff games, 27.0 points, 10.5 dimes, 5.53s. This after a season where he averaged 17.6 points, 6.6 assists, 1.9 steals, 2.73s. Van Vliet had a great season. He's turned it up a notch in the playoffs. Someone is going to throw that guy an outrageous amount of money, whether it's the Raptors or not. He is going to get paid, and he is a huge X factor for a Raptors team that does not have Kawhi Leonard anymore. Like this Van Vliet thing is massive for them. And he, he looks, he looks amazing. You put him and Kyle Lowry in the backcourt together and they look really, really good. And so does Norman Powell, man, Norman Powell, that game two he had was, was awesome. And I need to start putting more Norman Powell in my life. (laughs) Yeah. He kind of exploded there. I think all of a sudden I looked up and he had like 24 points. I also didn't, don't think I realized how athletic Norman Powell is. But, yeah, Fred Van Vliet looks great. And you add him with Lowry and Powell, and, like, they look really good. Pascal Siakam. Toronto could, could end up – they could do it. Toronto is – that's another team you're not ruling out, going back to our earlier, earlier conversation. So, so I've got a player-specific take. Oh, let's hear it. Do you want to hear it? Uh, of course I do. America should fall in love with Boban Marjanovic. Like, <laughs> he's so funny and so cool. He's got to be the nicest guy in the NBA. And he was so, he was a post-game guest on TNT Wednesday night with, with Ernie and Chuck and all them and Shaq. And Shaq is calling him Lurch and, and calling him Rang And uh, Boban's eating it up. And he's he's just so happy to be here. And he's... He's like just that guy that wants to be the ultimate teammate. And it was funny because Luca was mic'd up and Luca dunked over him and said, Hey, Boban, you can't cuss because I'm mic'd up. And he's like, I don't say swear words. <laughs> and uh, it's just, he just seems like the greatest teammate. And everybody, even Marcus Morris, who's one of the more wily veterans in the NBA, him and Markeith, they don't play around, they don't like other guys. And, Marcus is like, man, you're the nicest guy in the league. Like, you're you're just such a good guy. And I, I loved the Boban interview. I'm tempted to switch our whole thing up, ignore my poll, and go with a Boban jersey wow. for our bet. I, I don't know. I, I'm sort of falling in love with Boban. Even though I've always liked Boban, now I kind of love him. It's gone to the next level in the bubble is what you're saying. People yes. voted online. Thank you to those who voted. And the voters want a Trey Young jersey on Steve Alexander. So that's the current leader. Steve is now apparently going back on that. He's going to get a Boban Marjanovic jersey, which is, I think, technically he's allowed to do. But I don't know. Yeah, I've got to honor the fans. I, mean, I think I, so. One way or another, 
I will. There will be a picture posted of me wearing a a Trey Young jersey, but that doesn't mean. I think they want me to pay for it. I think that's what we've learned. Well, yeah, you're you're buying some Trey. I'll buy a Boban myself. Okay. When I think of Boban, I really think of that video of him and Tobias Harris dancing. Which, if you haven't treated yourself to that one in a while, go check that out because that's a delight. Steve, I want to get back to another player. It's a different free agent point guard, a free agent to be at a very different point in his career. 34-year-old Goran Dragic, his first two games in the bubble. And I think you you kind of called this, Steve, when we mentioned that Kendrick Nunn was kind of fading from the rotation. 22.0 points, 4.5 boards, 5.5 assists, 3.03s in 33 minutes a game so far for Dragic. The Heat lead that series 2-0 after their win against the Pacers on Thursday you and I, of course, eliminated the Pacers from the playoffs already. So Dragic looks phenomenal. And uh, it's fun to see. I've appreciated Dragic, Dragic's game for a while, and it's cool to see him lighting it up at age 34. Yeah, and I'm uh, you're right. I, I don't know that I called it, but I was like, I'm going all in on Goran Dragic, and I have. That's calling it. If that's not calling it, what's calling it? He's in all my DFS lineups every time the Heat play, and... I think he's the motor that is driving that heat bus right now. And the heat look pretty good, man. They look pretty good. Now, I don't know if it's because the Pacers are led by a guy named TJ Warren, who has clearly been playing over his head and out of his mind for ever since the bubble got going. But, I mean, if TJ Warren's your catalyst to take you to the next level, uh, that's not a good thing, I don't think. And I, nothing against TJ Warren. I, I like watching T.J. Warren play basketball. He, he was incredible in the seeding games. But, um, yeah, pace is going nowhere, and I'm I'm all about Goran Dragic, and I'll use him in round two. I'll use him as long as they keep going. You led me right to what I want to talk about next because my last takeaway from these early days of the playoffs that I want to mention today is, is T.J. Warren, Steve. He flew across the sky like a comet early on. Now he is clearly coming back to earth after averaging – 39.7 points his first three games in Orlando. Warren is now at 20.6 points per game over his last five games. That includes the first couple playoff games. That includes a 14-point game on Thursday against the Heat. I think that's more like the player we believe T.J. Warren is. And I think when you and I were talking about T.J. Warren a week or two ago, we were saying he obviously hasn't leveled up to being one of the very best scorers in the NBA, but he certainly has the potential to be a a low 20s scorer in the NBA, and that's what we've seen in the last five games or so, and I think that that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that five-game sample size that you're talking about, that like that's the real T.J. Warren. Like That's the guy we're going to see next year. Yeah, he's good. He's really good, and he got ridiculously hot for a second there. I mean, what, that that first game, he went 20 for 29 with nine three-pointers, that 53-point game. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a guy who just got outrageously hot, and it's awesome that it happened. I will tell you this. I have no interest in a T.J. Warren jersey. That's fair. That's fair. Because the time to buy it would have been, like, right before the bubble. <laughs> you know, you would have been, like, right on the upswing. Now, a jersey, a jersey I might be interested in yeah. would be Damian, Damian Lillard. Well, I've already said I'm trying to get that Rip City jersey. So I might up the stakes heading into next season and— on a bet and it might be a jersey bet okay well I, I, my my takeaway on dame lillard is first of all he should have been the bubble mvp he was the bubble mvp and now he's come out in the playoffs and 
still looks like the bubble MVP. And my my thing about what Dame is doing is he is making shots from the logo or close to the logo, just like our guy Trey Young. Uh, he's making this look happenstance and normal. And like these kids that are watching these games, and a lot of these games are on in the afternoon, so I maybe a lot lot more little kids are watching this. Like, what is Dame Lillard's range going to do to these kids that like to shoot three-pointers? And to your point, like we talked about earlier off the air, was can you play pickup basketball anymore without guys firing it up from the logo? I don't know. I think Dame, is, Dame Steph Curry, and Trey Young are changing what is normal because now half-court shots are becoming kind of normal. I heard Lillard in one of his post-game interviews, it might have been after that game one against the Lakers, where he said he was trying to figure out ways to improve his game. He said playing further out was one obvious way. So he basically has been working on that as a way to kind of get more open shots. Although some of the ones he hit were not even open. (laughs) Some of those deep threes, I mean, they're guarding him out there on some of those. So... Yeah, it's probably really bad for kids to watch that. It's really, really, really awesome for fans, though. <laughs> I yeah. I love a Logo 3. And he's got a good point, because if you're shooting it from the logo, chances are you're not going to have a guy all up in your face. Like, you're going to have a little a little space to work with and move, and if you, if you can hit that shot, get that shot off and make it, I mean, I, I think he's got a point. I've talked about this with Trey Young. We've talked about this with Trey Young before. If you have to guard that guy across half court, right when he gets across half court, think about what that does for the whole setup of the defense and the whole spacing of the offense. I mean, if the guy's a threat, as soon as he crosses half court, it's a totally different game if you think he might pull up. It it really is. It really is. So good times all around. Steve, we're taping this before the Thursday evening games before the Lakers and Blazers, the Bucks and the Magic. We're also taping this before the NBA lottery, Steve, which I don't know if you remember that was happening on Thursday. It almost feels like with all the opening playoffs excitement, we kind of forgot about the lottery. Well, and I do know that the lottery is happening tonight because I'll be working by myself when that goes down. So (laughs) I will be blurbing the lottery. I'm probably going to throw it all into one, one blurb. Okay. I don't even have an idea in my head as to who what player that might go under um i throw it under an anthony edwards i might i might recommend a nice anthony edwards for you could be anthony edwards it could be it could be trey young the hawks get the number one pick i might yeah. just throw it right now I'll, I'll throw it under anthony edwards probably he's going to be number one yeah regardless of who, if you're going to throw it, if you're going to throw it under a hawk i think you should throw it under Dwayne dedman that would be my vote just give Deadman a little love. But anyways, so a very exciting... We're taping this in the midst of an already entertaining Thursday before what should likely be a very exciting Thursday evening. So we have we will have a lot to talk about as we react to the lottery and as the playoffs continue. We'll be back to do that early next week on Tuesday. We're on a Tuesday-Friday schedule here. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. Thank you to all of you for listening. As always, Steve, thank you for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.